Welcome to another episode of the Jam Pack Report today for April the 15th of 2021, the day after Nintendo's Indie World Showcase. But before we dive into that and break down the biggest announcements, this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you everything you need to know from around the gaming industry, hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week. It's basically your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming coming back for more. But let's go ahead and dive into the biggest little games coming to Nintendo's handheld hybrid. Here is everything announced during yesterday's Nintendo Indie World, as reported by Mike Fahey over at Kotaku. First and foremost, Fez dropped on the Nintendo Switch yesterday, and it's just one day shy of its ninth anniversary. That's right, Fez is almost 10 years old, coming up on a decade as of next year, and it's one of those indies that really started it all. I see Fez as a game that is still on that same level as Super Meat Boy, where for me, it really defined what an indie game was, and to see it come to the Nintendo Switch is a welcome addition to the lineup. A lot of people have been asking for a Fez 2, especially since yesterday's announcement, so we'll see if that does in fact come to fruition. On top of that, The Longing is also out yesterday, or out today, depending on how you look at it, which is part point-and-click adventure, part idle game, where the player has to wait 400 days for his king's powers to return. There Is No Game Wrong Dimension from Draw Me a Pixel is also out, and it's a comedy adventure game that swears there is no game, but personally, I'm getting some, like, deeper WarioWare vibes. It seems like it's a collection of very quick mini-games that are callbacks to other games and other genres. I think it's going to be a very interesting experience, and it's one worth checking out. In May, Aerial Knights Never Yield is a futuristic runner that slides onto the Switch on May 19th. In July, you have Chris Tales from Dreams Incorporated, which is a handcrafted JRPG coming to Switch on July 20th. Last Stop is a third-person adventure game from developer Variable State and publisher Annapurna Interactive, and it's due out in July. Then, later this year, a whole slew of games is on the way. Road 96 is a procedural road trip adventure from developer Digix Art coming this summer. Then you have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, a game that we have already seen before, which is coming to Switch later this year, as well as other platformers. And it brings that same kind of gameplay that you would expect from something like a Streets of Rage 4 or a River City Girls if you are just into the newest beat-em-up games. Coming this fall to the Nintendo Switch, you have Aztec Forgotten Gods, which is an action-adventure game inspired by Aztec mythology. I love this idea of having Aztec, and tech is spelled T-E-C-H in that, so it seems like it's going to be you fighting giant robots based off of Aztec gods. Love that concept, definitely want to give that one a shot. Then Skull the Hero Slayer from Southpaw Games is coming. It's a platformer featuring more than 90 playable characters, which the player can change into by swapping heads, taking that Headlander approach, a fantastic platformer if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, but it's due out later this summer. Ali Ali is getting yet another game with a very different art style. It's getting Ali Ali World. Ali Ali World by Roll7 is the latest game in the Ali Ali skateboarding series, an open-world skateboarding platform adventure of epic proportions. It is coming this winter, and it's got a very different art style. It's almost like an Adventure Time skateboarding game. Of course, you still have that DNA of the uh, platforming-style Ali Ali experience, but Ali Ali World is certainly going to be something that has a different feel as compared to the pixel art that we saw in the last games. Also from Annapurna Interactive, Hindsight is a gorgeous indie puzzler adventure from developer Joel McDonald about an older woman reminiscing about her family. It's coming later this year. House of the Dead is getting a remake. 
Yes, absolutely. It's House of the Dead remake, and I swear the things Nintendo leaves in a sizzle reel, says Mike Fahey. Indeed, I do believe this is going to be uh, one of those that might get me to pick up a Switch if it's not available elsewhere. I have to do some research here since we are going just through this article that gives you the breakdown of all of the games coming to the Nintendo Switch. But man, this just speaks to me. I love this style of game. It just brings me right back into these arcade uh, light gun machines. And I love that kind of experience. So if you are a fan of House of the Dead, it is getting a remake. And I must admit, it looks very, very good since this is running on a Nintendo Switch. I'm interested to see how the motion controls work, if that's something that they incorporate there to be able to kind of use it as a viewfinder, as you will in Pokemon Snap. But the game itself looks great. Very, very very excited to see more about this. This might be one of my most anticipated games of the year now. Very interested to see more. Then, perhaps they saved the best for last, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals is coming. Night School Studios' eerie sequel arrives on Switch in 2021. It is set five years after the first game, and once again, Oxenfree is one of those big indies that's come out in the last 10 years, and so it's nice to see that it is getting the love that it deserves. Next year, you're getting Getsu Fumaden Undying World from Konami and Guru Guru, which pairs skill-based combat with a lovely Japanese art aesthetic, and it's coming sometime in 2022. And of course, if you do want to see everything that was announced, you can find the entire Indie World Showcase up on the Nintendo Switch YouTube page. Overall, the Nintendo Switch continues to provide value in 2021. There's a reason that it's a piece of hardware that continues to sell well despite PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S coming to market. It's because it's doing one thing very, very well, and that is bringing games that people want to play. Even if it is a port of Fez, a game that's nine years old, and even if it is something that's out of left field like a House of the Dead remake, Nintendo is working to bring these games to their platform, and it is by far the most affordable platform and way to play new games that continue to come out today. Starting at $199, the Nintendo Switch Lite truly can't be beat for those that want an entry-level gaming experience. I'm thinking about somebody that might just be starting college, let's say, and they don't have money for an Xbox Series X or S or PlayStation 5 or even a PlayStation 4 for that matter, and they want something that they can take into their dorm room or on the go, wherever they might be going, maybe back home for a holiday or for the summer, to be able to pick up a $199 Nintendo Switch Lite, it just seems like a no-brainer. I've been playing a lot of Nintendo Switch at work with my friend Joe. Joe watches the podcast. Hi, Joe. Big fan of what I've been seeing. I've been playing a lot of Pac-Man 99, and the more that I play it, the more that I fall in love with the way the Nintendo Switch feels. I feel like I'm five years late on this one, but the Nintendo Switch is really, really cool. Uh, so I could, you know, go all day about that kind of thing, but... Very impressed with what I saw during the Nintendo Indie World Showcase because a lot of these games are ones that absolutely will bring people into the ecosystem. Which is good news because you'll need something new to play whenever Ubisoft kills off all of their games. Just kidding, it's not quite that extensive, but they are indeed pulling the plug on a couple of big servers behind some of their big past games. The big headline here talks about Rainbow Six 
Vegas, but I think there is more here. Rainbow Six Vegas, Vegas 2, Lockdown, and Ghost Recon Future Soldier will all see their online servers shut down, though any single-player content will still be available, writes Molly Taylor over at PC Gamer. It's also important to note that games like Assassin's Creed 2, Prince of Persia Forgotten Sands, Far Cry 2, Anno 1404, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes, Splinter Cell Conviction, The Settler 7, and Might and Magic X Legacy will all be shut down as well. And that's not all. There's an entire list of games that are losing their support uh, whenever the time does indeed come. So we will see when this happens because there is no definitive date, uh, but for these latter few that I mentioned here by name, those are all going out on June the 1st. So any kind of Rainbow Six games or Ghost Recon Future Soldier will all be available until some point later in 2021, but a lot of them are going offline on June the 1st. Super unfortunate here because this impacts not only online functionality, but PC Gamer here also mentions in-game rewards, redeemed items, achievements, and Ubisoft's proprietary currency, which will all be disabled. So it effectively cripples the experience of the game. Now, admittedly, this isn't that big of a deal because these games are getting some age on them. You know, I don't know anybody that's really going back and playing any kind of online connectivity for games like uh, Splinter Cell Conviction. I don't even know if that has online connectivity. But... Then you have games like Ghost Recon Future Soldier, which I know it's getting some age on it, but I really enjoyed that game. And so I don't know if the PC space has some servers that are left alive. I'm sure that not many people play it on Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3, but it's just sad to see these games finally get sunsetted after such a long period of time being up. I digress. I suppose this is the way of the road for many of these experiences that we'll be seeing over the next 10 years because we're more connected than ever before. And so with more online connectivity comes more disconnects when that time inevitably comes. So stay tuned for the official date on when these blog go offline, but you better get online and party it up while you can because they are going away. E3 2021 is still on as we discussed last week, but now they have joined forces with industry media partners to extend the global reach. Here's a press release from the ESA, uh, but ultimately what you need to know is that E3 has announced they are partnering with IGN, PC Gamer, GamesRadar, GameSpot, Polygon, IGN China, and Game Bonfire to extend the reach of this year's show. This is an entirely digital online event that is going to be free for everyone, and it's trying to bring back that feeling of E3, that kind of world summit of gaming in a way. And so it's good to see them partnering with these people. But as a lot of people brought up online, I feel like this effectively just means that these are going to be the resources where you can watch press conferences and these are going to be the resources where you can watch interviews. Uh, and so I suppose this is a cool announcement to see. Uh, but I think the reason that I enjoy this announcement and the reason that I find this significant is because this feels real. This feels like E3 is back whenever you see press releases like this. When you see IGN, PC Gamer, GamesRadar, GameSpot, Polygon, IGN, everybody getting all hyped up about E3, I don't know. It brings a certain kind of air into the room and it brings something that is very, very exciting. So stay tuned. Of course, I'll be talking more about everything announced during E3 during that entire week. Very exciting time overall. 
and I'm hoping to see the World Summit of Games, as I always like to call it, come back in full force. We've talked more about the necessity of E3 in the past few weeks. If you want to go back and check out previous episodes of the show, you can find plenty of information on my thoughts there. But in short, the Summer Game Fest situation and all these independent events are nice, and I totally understand why publishers and developers might not want to necessarily become involved in E3 again or any kind of unified event. But it would be nice to have one giant week where everybody pays attention and it becomes a much more exciting event rather than a whole bunch of dispersed events throughout the entire summer. That's my two cents on the entire situation, but we'll see how it goes. Finally, to round out today's show, the next generation update for Warframe is out and out on the Xbox Series X and S after it had come to the PlayStation 5 late last year. News comes by way of Leslie Milner, senior producer at Digital Extremes, who writes on the Xbox Wire. We are so incredibly excited to finally announce that today is our official next-gen release and the launch of a new free game, Call of the Tempestari, to the global Xbox player community who have supported us since we started this journey on Xbox One back in 2014. Thank you. We now invite you and your friends to come celebrate with us and game as we begin a new generation of Warframe, now optimized for Xbox Series X and S. Of course, this does bring a lot of visual enhancements, improved textures, improved resolutions and frame rates, all of the next-gen bells and whistles that you really want to see, and of course you do have those faster loading times. Ultimately, Warframe is a game that continues to grow and evolve over time. It's one that has impressed me since it was launched as one of the first free games with PlayStation Plus on PlayStation 4. That's when Warframe really began to take off, and I think that's why it became as popular as it did today. It brings that constantly evolving kind of experience to a new generation, and on top of that, it's something that's very welcoming for newcomers. I enjoyed playing Warframe whenever I got into it very briefly. I'm not somebody who can invest tons of time into grinding and leveling and all that good stuff, but if you do want to invest some time in it, very fun game, and again, totally free to play, and now it looks better than ever before, and I would say it's even one of the best games out there. So whether you're on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, or Xbox Series S, Whatever you have, you can get the best experience with Warframe starting today. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about everything announced during yesterday's Nintendo Indie World Showcase. How do you feel about the future of the Switch? Do you think a pro model is coming? And do you want to pick up any of the games mentioned? Would love to hear what you have to say. But until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon and peace.